Good evening. <clears throat> let's, um, let's pray as we uh, look at this passage. Father, thank you for the privilege that it is to um, look at what you have to say to us through your word. Thank you for the truth that we were made for your glory, that we were saved for your glory, and that we had to live for your glory. Amen. What does it look like then to live for God's glory? Firstly, don't be a slave to a fake. I don't like fakes. <clears throat> Why? Because they're not the fullness of what they're purporting to be. Now, you've all been there at five o'clock in the evening at home, and you get the phone call, Mr. Bunter, you've won a holiday out of a free prize draw. The receiver goes down, and I utter the words in the private of my own home. Um, but some people at this point have handed over large sums of money and probably end up paying for two holidays. That's not real. It's a fake. Have you ever been taken in by something that wasn't the original? Didn't turn out to be what you thought it was? Ever invest in something where the claims didn't match the experience? Well, this was a truth about many creation accounts from the cultures surrounding God's people. The former Bishop of Thetford, David Atkinson, writes in his book, The Message of Genesis, Exiles of the people of God during their time in Babylon may have been tempted to fall in with the ideas of their conquerors, and many suggest here is the reason for Genesis being written in the way that it was. What culture have you grown up in? Into what do you invest your time, money, emotions? An illustration, then a question. In March next year, I'm going to a three-day assessment centre where representatives of the Church of England are going to decide whether or whether not they want me to be a vicar. Regardless of the result, I will say now, I am not perfect, but I am resolved that God will use me in whatever job for his glory. What does it look like to live for God's glory? And a question for you. In your life at the moment, who gets the glory? Turn with me, if you will, to the um, passage, page three of your church Bibles. Now, Israel considered the first five books of the Bible to be written by Moses, but they knew that, obviously, the hand behind Moses was God's. Moses' creation account in Genesis chapter one is, yes, maybe styled around other accounts of creation that existed at the time, One of those um, accounts is called the Enuma Elish, a Babylonian account of creation. That is an account which sees um, the goddess Tiamat, mother of chaos, growing annoyed at all the noise her children were making whilst inside of her. And Marduk, the god of wind and dust, whose storms prevented Tiamat from sleeping. The Babylonians had invested in a fake. And what's more... The best that that account of creation could offer was that the purpose 
for human beings was to be slaves to the gods, and at best, a god is to be annoyed or noisy. Thankfully, Genesis, in a language and a genre people could understand, provides a God-inspired account of creation, explaining the truth that creation was made for the glory of God. Gordon Wenham, a commentator, who somebody I was speaking to this morning actually said they'd been reading, which is good. So the author of Genesis 1 shows he was aware of other cosmologies and that he wrote not in dependence of them so much as a deliberate rejection of them. What does it look like for us to live for God's glory? Well, let's have a look. Who is this God for whose glory I should live? This passage assumes the existence of God. It does not start in the beginning, God existed because. It starts in the beginning, God created. Despite what you've been told growing up, if it was similar to me, God didn't make people because he was lonely or just had a good idea. God's eternally happy in the Trinity. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. John 1, chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's talking about Jesus. God has existed eternally happy in the Trinity, and he's separate and supreme over the heavens and the earth. The best the Babylonian creation account could offer was a God who, despite not being real, was limited to ruling certain parts of creation, able to be killed, simply not true. We have a God who is eternally existing, eternally happy in the community of the Trinity, and eternally glorified through creation now and supremely in Jesus. What should I expect, then, if I'm to live for the glory of God? Well, day one. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. The term in God said occurs six times in the passage. What was the first thing that our God spoke into being? Light at the expulsion of darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. Note that God created light in its sustained day. He hasn't made the sun yet. Light was the first thing that God acknowledged as good. Light was radiating from the glory of God. And he separated the light from the darkness. The origins of the Hebrew for that word, meaning darkness, figuratively meaning obscurity. But since the very beginning, the glory of God has been displacing darkness and bringing light. And it will, and it will continue to. Revelation 21, verse 23. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And the lamb its lamp. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Where there is God's glory, there is light. Day two, where there is God's glory, there is God's power. And God said, remember, God says it, it happens. God separates two elements, He separates the waters and creates sky. Other Babylonian accounts of creation and similar. Describe gods who are struggling to separate the waters and struggling to 
make creation that is around them. We have a God who has full dominion over creation and further demonstrates it by naming his creation and defining its purpose. It's the inseparable, permanent nature of God's glory that allows us to trust in the dominion that he has. Where there is God's glory, there is God's power. And there is evening, and there is morning, the second day. Day three. What does it look like to live for God's glory? Where there is God's glory, there is God's purpose. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God made the seas and the land. It starts as every other day, not that there have been so many so far, but with God speaking, and what he says happens, land appears, God creates vegetation in its variation. At this point, there's no sun or moon to provide light, yet vegetation is created. Genesis isn't a scientific text. However, I am convinced by the order of creation and the creation account, and I believe that creation was sustained by God's light and God's glory. Throughout this day, God brings order to his creation, gathers the seas into one place, creating land, produces vegetation capable of reproducing. God's glory in creation is ordered, imaginative, and it's sustaining. God's perfect purpose being played out in creation. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. What does it look like to live for the glory of God? Day four. Where there is God's glory, there is God's command. God again speaks, but to elaborate, God says, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. God doesn't say, I suppose we better have a moon, or what about a little bit of grass? That looks good. It might be nice to include, I don't know, the platypus. No, let's, take, no, let's keep that. He commands without any suggestion of a doubt. Let there be. Our God is the real deal. Commanding creation into being out of nothing. Supreme. Without competition. Without equal. His instruction is clear. And his glory is clear. God's got the power to make. And he's got the power to rule. Look at the purpose he attached to the stars in the solar system. Signs to mark the seasons and days and in the years. The sun to govern the day, the moon to govern the, the night. Original text means have dominion and rule. Or the creation accounts appoint gods for these objects. The one true God has appointed the object and give it its purpose. The object is not the God. These aspects of creation exist with purpose at God's command. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. Day five. What does it look like to live for God's glory? Well, where there's God's glory, there is life. God's done everything out of nothing. It is a lie to believe that matter has always existed. It hasn't. God has. In the beginning, God created out of nothing. God creates sea life, commands it to fill the seas. It makes animals on the land, commands them to do the same. The account of creation 
and suggested conflicts with science and theories of evolution is an area to mention and not enter. Um, this passage wasn't written to scientifically explain or justify the existence of God. The existence of God is assumed and it's clear in Genesis. It was written to show how God made the heavens and the earth for his glory. God's glory in creation shows how he made life. God's glory in Jesus Christ shows how he gives it. A commentator and well-known preacher, John Piper, says this, The peak of the mountain of God's glory is his grace supremely displayed in Jesus Christ. In creation we see God's glory. Supremely displayed in Jesus Christ. As you go throughout the Bible and various passages which have marked 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And so that message goes through the Bible. Jesus shows dominion over creation. So I was trying to reason out in a sentence what this means. It means that the purpose in creation was God's glory, which was most supremely displayed in his grace through Jesus, who died for my sins, rose again, and gave me a way back to the Father. Putting that more simply, God made the world knowing full well the point was to display his attribute, his glory, which can only be fully displayed in redeeming my sinful nature. Putting that simply again, This is where I had to take it to, to make sure that I understood it. God made the world knowing full well it'd have to save humanity through Jesus Christ. Back to you. And the question, what does it look like to live for God's glory? Creation was made for God's glory. You were saved through Christ for God's glory. Will you seek to live for the glory of God? Reflecting God's light, allowing Jesus to expel darkness. Operating under God's power, as Jesus rules in the now and the not yet. Going with God's purpose to spread the gospel. Acting under God's command. Because the result is life. I'll leave you with the question. Will you live for God's glory? I'm going to finish there and let Will come back up.